Welcome to Christie's Comedy Pod. I am freaking out. I noticed, like, I drink caffeine early in the morning. I realize, like, I need to, as soon as I wake up, drink coffee, or else my lazy brain will convince myself that I'm going to have a whole lazy day for just so many hours. Don't let your lazy brain be alive. Like, immediately hit it with uh, coffee or whatever, you know, you need to hit it with, basically. But, um, but I do now, so I, I hit it, and I drink coffee, and lots of caffeine, and it feels good, like, walking around, listening to motivational stuff, writing, reading, d- doing the gym, like, it all feels very natural, but as soon as I finish, like, the gym, and I get into my social part of the day, where now I have to be a regular human being, I realize how over-caffeinated I am. Like, when I'm writing and reading and all that stuff, I feel normal. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go! I'm at the gym, ah, go! I'm at the gym, you know, showering, ah! And then when I'm done, and I walk out of the gym, and I'm like, okay, it's time for me to join humanity, I realize that I am freaking out. Like, I am on meth out here. So, who knows? Like, when I, when I meet my friends, which is like an, an hour from now, I have to apologize to them because I'm so robotically over-caffeinated, awkward. Like, my people... And it's not even me. Like, I, people try to tell me that I'm overthinking it. Like, oh, you don't... You know, nobody notices. What are you talking about? Yes, they do, bitch. Like, I walk up to people and they're like, why are you so intense? You're freaking me out. Like, people tell me. So I have to apologize. And uh, we're going to figure out the balance. God, this coffee is strong, bitch. I've been drinking... Um, you can find... like uh, There's coffee called Golden Milk Coffee. And that's the one where they use turmeric and herbs and spices and, you know, coconut oil. And it's... It's so healthy. It makes your tongue yellow, though. But it feels really healthy and fun. And the spices are good for, like... It's almost like chai. So, fuck yeah, man. Golden milk. I've been, uh... Doing a new kind of workout. Basically, like, I'm somebody with a big butt. And sometimes you have to really, uh... Go in there as you age with a big butt. Because your butt has a lot of, uh... Gravity pull. Right? It's a goddamn mountain sticking out of your body so there's a lot of gravity pulling down on it and you have to go in there and like fix it sometimes so uh so I've been doing like box steps with like weights and all, all kind of I, I used to never do them I always thought those like stools slash boxes looked really boring but I've been doing them and listening to dubstep and I like it and it feels like I feel very sore, like which is a great sign. Um, another thing I was doing for my butt is that <clears throat> there's a legend of Arnold Schwarzenegger where he was bodybuilding and he didn't like his calves. He thought his calves were not cute enough yet. So what he did, what he did is he uh, put like big sweat, sweat a uh, whole sweatsuit, sweatpants, 
on his whole body to cover up his whole body and then cut them where all he could see was his calves calves so then he like worked out and just fucking stared at his calves and just worked his calves out until he was satisfied so i've been wearing kind of booty shorts at the gym i don't give a fuck anymore about all these people like at the gym it's about me that's what it's about and so i've been wearing booty shorts so that i just am staring at you know kind of the areas that need to be buffed up and it works because you're like you know you're not gonna waste any time when you feel like there's you can see like don't hide from your people some a lot of people cover up the areas that they want to hide um may it be physically or emotionally mentally but um you need to look at them you know keep them expose them keep them exposed when things are dark and shadowy and bad let them rise to the top show them the light of day always show them the light of day and fucking take them with grace and work on them and then that way, every other dark thing, every other shadowy bad thing about you will also know what, what's the deal. And it won't play games and hide. It'll come to the top too. And it'll be like, okay, it's my fucking turn. And you're going to be like, yeah, we're going to deal with you now. Bruh! Um, that was lame. Okay, let me fucking... God. So I hope everybody else is uh, working out and stuff. After this, I want to go see my ex who's in town. He is, like, somebody who I've been with for, like, ten... I don't even... Ten years. And he's a dishonest guy. He's not a, com he's not a comedian. So he's this, like, uh... He's a dishonest guy. Very great guy otherwise. But, like, honesty is definitely his biggest flaw. And... It sucks, like, um, he's very, uh, it brings a lot of insecurity when someone, like, I need someone to be honest with me, um, honesty is a big deal, like, and he's so extremely dishonest, like, most human beings are less dishonest than him, where if I call them out, like, hey, are you lying, <laughs> or, you know, hey, what's this here, C could you be honest with me with it, like, if I call them out, they get caught and they admit it and they and they kind of uh start telling the truth like most people will start talking you know about whatever it is if you start questioning them he denies always like we'll get into weird awkward moments where i'm like just be honest with me and he's like what do you mean like I'm not what are you talking about there's nothing at all and I'm like there's millions of things and I start trying to list them and he's like no 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 like he even just denies the existence of just any dishonesty but um he uh constantly lies to everyone else around and like tells me like oh I just lied there I just lied there like just constantly is lying for no re it's he's just like a compulsive liar but he's awesome and like he came into town a few days ago and I was like okay cool and then today I 
was like, bro, let's do it. Like, I'm free today, this morning. And I get all excited. I'm like, you know what? This will be fun. Like, I get excited. And he, um, he liked the message, but, like, you know, I message again, like, oh, that, that little girl that you're with, like, can we, can, can we hang out with her, too? Like, whatever. It's a, one of his nieces, you know? And he doesn't reply. Like, he doesn't look at it. He doesn't reply. And it just, like... This is something that always happens for 10 years between us, is he starts off, like, texting me and inviting and welcoming me, and then I get excited after a while, and I start to be, like, vulnerable and, like, hey, yeah, sure, let's, let's do it, and then he closes it off, and then I feel rejected in the end, like, I always feel like, oh my god, he didn't want to hang out with me, but he did, he fucking comes into town and messages me, calls me, like, but he, I always feel rejected in the end. And this is just something, this is a cycle that will forever be going on. Um, and we're going to see. You know, you might see me. I've cried. How many times have I cried over this person? It's an ex, so, yeah. I've cried over this person, I don't know, 30 times? Not actually that. I was going to be like 500 times, but it's, you know, 30 times. But, uh, he's made me lose my fucking mind. Because of the dishonesty, it's like such a strong, cyclical, deep dishonesty. It's not even a normal dishonesty. Um, let's see. This is all before we go into the premises and stuff that I want to talk about. I just want to, like, do an update of what's going on. Um, like yesterday, I finally bought this bag of, like people buy instant oats. I need a lot of my things to travel well. Like I can't buy fresh vegetables that often and stuff. Oh my God. So when someone wants to be like healthy and have something that travels well, they do, they do like peanut butter and oats. Okay, you don't need to buy like, instant oats. You don't need to buy those Quaker-ass, cheap-ass instant oats. Any rolled oats are instant. Like, I don't understand what non-instant oats are because at the house, at my parents' house, we manually roll whole oats, and they are instant. Like, as soon as you put them in milk or what have you, they are immediately delicious. Um... So what I do, like, I'm in my car and I just ate my after-gym snack. I put a handful of thick rolled oats, and they're, like, super organic and all this stuff. They're not instant at all. Put two handfuls in this cup and a little bit of peanut butter and, like, honey. Water, and it's immediately this delicious thing. Like, you don't need to get nasty, um, poisonous oats from, like, Quaker. So, just letting you know, like, oats are, they're a great filling thing. Like, horses survive off of oats, right? Sometimes. They like oats. Dude, horses have big butts. And all they eat is, like, hay and oats. So, it's possible. Um, the last thing I'll just update is, like, my friend, one of my closest friends here in Austin... Uh, opened up for, he's, he opens, he, like, 
does comedy right before Joe Rogan does comedy on stage. So he opens for him. And, uh, which is great. Like, it's a really cool, new, successful thing. And, um, he, like, had a, uh, put out a video of that on YouTube. And the video got 200,000 views as of today. And that's really exciting. And I was, like, messaging him, like, you need to put out more stuff right now. Like, while people are looking at your, you know, channel. So... I'm just excited about that, like, um, it's so cool having, like, Joe Rogan around because he's so supportive, and he actually cares about, like, art, he doesn't care about, like, a lot of the more, um, survival-oriented comedy clubs, like, and comedy, you know, kind of gatekeeper people are, they're not caring about the art, actually, as much, they really just care about, like, you know, followers, like, how many followers you have, there's trash motherfucking people who just have 20,000 followers from, like, scam, scams, they just have a lot of followers modeling, like, putting butt pics on Instagram, and they're trash, like, I'm talking about, like, they don't even, they haven't even been doing comedy for more than, like, two months, like, like, trash, but they get on all the big shows because... Because that's all that clubs care about is just, like, bringing in audience, bringing in money. Like, they don't care about the art as much. And um, I'm not saying I'm perfect and all that kind of stuff, but it's just great to have, like, you know, Joe Rogan would never do that. Like, he cares about the merit. And he's very nice. Like, he, he brings my friend up on the video going... Uh, you know, give it up for my friend blank, my friend's name, like, I don't know why I'm not saying his name, I just feel, I feel uncomfortable right now, bitch, I'm on so much caffeine, you'll know his name, like, it's just exciting, like, being around someone that's so good, like, so good and supportive, and not hateful at all, like, yeah, not sketchy there's like nothing wrong because there's it it shows how good joe rogan is at being like a nice guy you know shows how bad other people are like it shows how sketchy so many of these other fucking people move all right let's go to a funny joke because i feel like uh we need to we need to do that uh here's a premise so what i do is i like work on premises that I'm going to be trying to do later on stage once I get them into real jokes. Um, this is a premise of, like, girls shoot their shot by posting pictures of themselves, right? People know that. Um, my addition to this is that if a girl is posting, a like, um, is, if a girl is posting good pictures of herself and shit, she has a crush on someone. Like, a guy will not necessarily have a crush on anyone, I feel like, and post, like, a, you know, kind of thirst trap or whatever as a fishing mechanism, just fishing for literally anyone. A girl is not fishing for anyone. She's going for, like, a one, maybe, you know, three maximum guys. Anybody else that she picks up ain't nothing. Like, she, she she doesn't give a fuck about anyone else seeing that picture except for, like, one to three crushes that she has. So, 
if you're somebody who, I don't know if this like makes sense, but if like you're somebody who has a girlfriend and, um, okay, if you have a girlfriend and you never watch her stories, like you never watch, look at her Instagram, she knows that you don't go on her stuff, you don't go online, check and see if she's posting thirst traps. Do you know what I mean? Like, because that means she cares, like, she has a crush on somebody who is looking at those thirst traps. And I, I sound like, um, I'm a tattletale right now, but it's just like, I don't know. What's another, like, if you have a crush on, if you have a crush on a girl and she's posting beautiful pictures of herself, like, I don't know, sometimes, like, right after, like, right in the middle of kind of interacting with a crush, I'll post a lot more thirst traps, because I feel like he's more likely to be kind of, um, looking at my stories and really responding to them, like, he's more likely to be really involved with my stories, so I'll post, like, much more thirst traps, and they're all meant for that person, kind of, okay, um, so sometimes you can kind of calculate, but this is a definite law, this is like a real law of girls, that it's meant for one to three guys, always, it's never like a random thirst trap, I mean, it's tough if you're talking about like an influencer girl, like somebody who wants to be straight up an influencer or something like that on Instagram, it's like, I don't even know at that point, but I think she's still thinking of someone. So I think she's just even like way higher standards with it. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Cause that would be like a business thing. So, but you can, you know, make, do your judgments. That's hilarious, right? No. So we didn't make a good joke out of that, but you know, food for thought. Sorry, but I'm going to have to move to this other thing. I, oh my god. So, somebody was saying that, like, there's a lot of sensitive people now. And, like, and not even, this isn't even a cancel culture thing. That sounds like a cancel culture opening. But no. There's a lot of sensitive people. People who have, like, um, like, girls who start to feel like, a lot of people are, like, dealing with kind of, like, anxiety and paranoia a lot. And, like, girls will be like, oh, girls have higher intuition. Higher intuition is higher sensitivity. Like, uh, you know, all this stuff is, like, sensitivity. And um, when you're sensitive, like, weed makes you more sensitive. That's why you can start getting paranoid. You know, all of these, when you're super sensitive, you can start feeling paranoia about things because you feel you're more sensitive to these different feelings around you. You can start feeling fear about things, um, about the people that are around you. But when you're sensitive, you can also instead, because some people don't feel paranoia when they get high, instead they feel like love. You can, you can instead be more sensitive towards joy <laughs> like really because people who smoke weed either suddenly are more sensitive towards joy and love and camaraderie and acceptance 
or suddenly they're more sensitive towards kind of fear and paranoia and doubt. It's not both. Like, there's two paths. And I understand that they're a little bit uncontrollable at times. Like, I've definitely been down that path with weed where it was like, it didn't feel like it was controllable. People were like, no, just focus on the positive. And I was like, no, this is like a medical situation. This is not... But I'm getting closer and closer somehow, psychologically, to the point where I can smoke weed and I can choose to think positively. So, like, something's happening where this wasn't a permanent problem that I had. It was a temporary thing because mentally I've been working. I've been working on it, you know? And... This can be with weed, this can be with just anything. Like, everyone's dealing with kind of anxiety and sensitivities and stuff, and it's just like, um, whenever you feel that paranoia and that fear, that extra sensitivity, being able to remember maybe that, like, these, this extra sensitivity can be switched over to what love am I not being sensitive to right now? What joys... What joys am I not being sensitive to right now that I can instead focus on? What um, acceptance can I? What camaraderie can I? Like, I even think about... I remember when I used to love weed in, like, high school and stuff. And um, the only time I ever felt paranoid on it was about, like, the police. Like, I was like, oh, the police... Because it was, like, very illegal. And so the police were actually a real reason to be paranoid. And you feel that kind of paranoia. And I've been pulled over so many times at this point where there's almost this idea that I've been thinking, like, even if you got pulled over with weed, uh, you know, paranoid on weed, that you could be very sensitive at that moment to the fear. Like, I'm very sensitive to the fact that there's a police walking up to my car. And this is a bad, I'm sensitive to the fact this is a bad, paranoid fear idea. This is bad. Or you can still be sensitive to camaraderie and love and acceptance with a police officer walking up to your car. Like, there, the past, like, three interactions I've had with police officers, one of them, the guy was the scariest white male you could possibly imagine with, like, the extreme police sunglasses on. And he was very angry at me from the get-go. And, um... There was no him de-escalating, by the way. I was the one that had to de-escalate this police officer. Look, who, whatever. But he, he was fucking, he would have killed me, bro. If I, if I didn't, if I wasn't like a smart, you know, if I wasn't charming in that scenario, if I, if I had an attitude, if I started, you know, doing crazy, dude, he would have killed somebody. This guy was needed to be de-escalated. And there was a moment where I literally had both of my hands um, patting down at the air, like the de-escalating motion, you know, of like, hey, call, hey, hey. I did that to him. And I made jokes. I like, I, I did kind of little silly, cute things. And I, um, towards the end, at the end, he just gave me a warning instead of like writing me like a ticket or anything. Like, and at the end, he kind of was in a better mood, like, he was almost, like, he understood that I was silly, and, um, like, 
uh, he almost was going to be like laughing with me. And, um, like focusing in on when he was walking up to me, bitch, that's like the ultimate, like this guy was a, uh, kind of bad cop, if you will. (laughs) Um, like I could have focused in on like, okay, paranoia, like, (laughs) you know, fear, like, oh God. I could have focused in on that, but instead, like, I just, I knew that, you know, I don't have the kind of money to afford, like, so I was like, okay, I gotta focus in on the camaraderie, you know, on the acceptance, on the love of, like, hey, man, I like you, you know, let's do this, and you can do that at any time, like, there was a police that I literally smoked weed, and I was freaking out, thinking, what if a police walked up right now, he could smell it, and then, bam, a police knocked on my window and just goes, police, And I was terrified. I'm in Texas, like, it's illegal. And I, like, lowered my window, and I knew he could smell it. But he was was very nice. And that just so happened to be the case. Like, he was a very nice guy. He was like, I'm so sorry to bother you, but, but people are concerned. People called me. Some fucking bitch called him to come, like, get me. Anyways, like, I was so scared. But, like, just thinking of, like, how that's love and that's camaraderie. Like, in that moment, I was actually more focused on the paranoia and the fear. <laughs> and I was like, I... I just kept apologizing to him. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just scared. I, I, I had no idea. Uh, like, and he was like, hey, it's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you alone. I just wanted to, like, make sure that I check on you. He just kept saying... So at least in hindsight, we can look back and, like, Jesus Christ. Like, that was so nice of him to not ruin my life. Okay, um, but this, this point is really important to me because, uh, as somebody who became a New Yorker, like, I lived in Manhattan for so long, became a New Yorker, and just different shit like that, um, I am skeptical. I'm very skeptical about, like, love. In New York, what you start to learn is that if somebody comes up to you, and says something to you, hi, hello, how are you, they want something from you, they, it's not even, it's not loving, like, it's not loving at all, like, the closest to love is that they want to fuck you, and that's it, like, like, they, they're gonna be like, hey man, like, they're gonna, it's not even, uh, love, kind of, um, and, and other than that, they want to scam you, like, they, they're hunting. They're a predator. If, if anyone says hello to you. So you go, like, I travel into the rest of the country and everyone's coming up and saying hello. And a New Yorker is always like, what? What do you want? You know? And people are like, I just wanted to say, how are you? Like, I just wanted to, you know, enjoy the day with you here. And you're like, no, just fucking get out with it. What do you want from me? Like, you, dude, you get so skeptical. And, um... I noticed, I was, I was saying that uh, at this festival I went to, like, all of my New York friends were there, just out of New York, and they were so rude. I, I'm already starting to become kind of a southerner, where, like, I just enjoy conversation, and I'm like, hey, how are you, you know? I genuinely want to know, how are you? And they're like, they, like, say something rude back, and, um, yeah, it's because they're fresh out of New York, so... What was I gonna fucking say? Uh, <laughs> God. No, but like, 
even even being like a kind of uh, turning nice already, I'm still a very skeptical person. And I don't accept love coming at me. When someone's like, I, no, I really am interested. I love you kind of thing. I, I, I immediately look and I feel it's hard to let go of because it feels like a real defense skill. It always feels correct. Because someone will be like, I really like you. You know, I love you. Like they're like giving you love. And I can just go, why is this happening? What are you doing? Like, what do you, what do you want from me? Um, do you want this? What is it? What are you on a drug? Are you on Molly? Why are you giving me this love? And usually I'm right. Like usually they are on Molly or usually they are literally trying to like fuck me right there. Um, which is not, not really love to, to be honest. It's like lust, right? Uh, Usually they are trying to ask me for a favor or something like that, right? So it's very difficult to get rid of this, like, skepticism. Um, and I was thinking about it this morning a lot because uh, our existence is limited. You know, we, don't, we only have so much time on this earth. So to always be caught up in that, and to never accept that love, because people are giving it to you. Maybe there's an intention. Maybe there's a false thing behind it. But people are giving it to giving it to you. So maybe you should accept it. Maybe you should enjoy the moment with it. I'm just gonna give an example of like two days ago or something. This guy who I'm friends with came up to me, and he was so ecstatic. And he came up to me and he was like giving me so much like love as a friend. And he kissed me on the cheek. He's a very hippie kind of guy. Uh, as a friend, he was just like, hey, Christy, I love you, you know. And like just passing by, you know, uh, giving me this love for a second. And I asked him four times during that if he was on Molly. And I was doing it in a skeptical, like, negative way. I go, what are you on? Are you on Molly? Because I felt like this love that he's giving me, if I just accept it as like, oh, he loves me. This is how he really feels. I'm an idiot. Because this is all a lie. Because he's actually on Molly. And I need to uncover that truth so that I know like oh this isn't love this is Molly right genuinely I asked this guy and you know it was terrible because um I asked him four times because for three times that I asked him he like didn't hear me or something like he didn't answer and so the fourth time I go what are you on and I said it in the most clear way looking straight in his eyes and I could tell he heard me he got it and then he like registered it and turned around and left he like walked away almost maybe angry like almost like frustrated frustrated with the question and we're fine like I'm not worried about my relationship with this guy but like uh it's almost like I was kind of reflecting on that this morning of like so what with Molly especially this example of like the love that you feel towards someone, if you're giving someone love on Molly, it's kind of true. Like, 
sure, like, the next day you're not going to be able to sustain sustain that level of passion, but the, at the current moment, if you're giving someone love on Molly, the other person should accept it. If you give someone a bunch of love and they don't accept it, the connection isn't made. The bond isn't made. The person giving the love won't walk away feeling the same amount of love if you don't actually accept the love. They'll be like, oh, they don't love me back and now I have less love because I was giving it and they and now it's depleted. It's gone. And they didn't take it and it's, it's over. Like, there's less between us now. But if I had accepted it, like, that was genuine love. He genuinely was happy to see me. If I had accepted it, and enjoyed the moment with him, like, hi, like, I, I, I love you too, like, you know, if I fucking enjoyed that moment with him, the love would not have been lost between us, the love would have been, like, given back and forth, and shared, and absorbed, and a bond, and a connection would have been made in that moment, and we would have been sure the next, say he was on Molly the next day, you know, it's, there, you know, whatever, but, he's not gonna forget it he's gonna be like oh me and christy had a nice time for a moment like he's gonna remember so uh molly this you know the example of molly of being skeptical of if if someone's love is coming from drugs you know someone's drunk and they're happy to see you and you're like ah you're just drunk or someone's high and they're happy to see you and and i'll be like what are you high you know someone someone's like laughing a lot someone i'm a comedian someone will be laughing a a lot at me and I'll be like Psh, you're on drugs you're high this doesn't count stop it Ugh, this isn't good I'm questioning this enjoyment and the enjoyment is genuine like they could fully enjoy my thing on drugs and they'll remember that they'll be like I fucking you know Christy was great you know this was hilarious with her and they'll just remember that even if it is a non-sustainable drug-induced thing, like, they will remember that if I accept it. But instead, when I squash it, when I go, what are you, high? What are you, drunk? You know, no, no, I don't accept this. I'm squashing it. They'll remember that we had a fight, that we had a disconnect because of this. I'm squashing it. Um, and same goes for, I mean... <clears throat> translating that over to uh people trying to fuck me I'm I'm a hot girl right now so and I I happen to be I've my whole life I've been a tomboy so I just happen to like and I and I'm in a male industry so there just happens to be so many more uh chances of friendship with men but then there's always you know there's so many bad bad intentions but there are the intentions bad? If, the, if it's like a sexual intention. It's an alternate intention than friendship. Um, labeling sex as bad is a little bit unhealthy, I guess. You know, like maybe they, you know, some people just want to fuck me and, and discard me. Uh, or some people have like a real crush. They're like, man, I wish Christy actually liked me. You know, you know what I mean? Like, uh like, these, these alternate intentions, they're not always bad, but I, I label them all as bad, I'm always like, oh, these men, you know, I want to be their friend, and we're having fun, but they just keep, you know, alluding to the fact that, that, that they don't, they don't even want to be my friend, they just want, you know, they don't want 
that a friend zone is bad because they don't even want to be my friend. They don't even like me. They just want to fuck me and get rid of me. Like, it's this negative thing. Um, and so whenever a guy is showing me any amount of acceptance, joy, love, camaraderie, there's always, like, so much inside of me that's, like, disconnecting with it, just going, like, no, no, he's just gonna, he's just gonna, um, hit on me soon, like, pretty soon, in the next fucking minute, he's gonna be, like, and can we fuck, like, in the next minute, he's gonna do that, I'm usually correct, so let's go back to, like, these feelings are often correct, and that's what makes a New Yorker a New Yorker, is it's not, it's not a mental illness, it's actually a correct skill of having so many interactions with people that you realize what the interactions mean early on. You're like, no, I know what this is, I know what this is, I know what this is. But living in that negativity, when people are giving you positivity, living in that disconnect when people are making connections with you, isn't good because we don't have, like, you don't want to live this, like, limited life just constantly in the I know what you're fucking doing bitch no 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 just constantly in that one thing is that like if I know that okay you know maybe this person's gonna hit on me and my answer will be no you know maybe this person's gonna ask me for money or a like bad favor and my answer will be no maybe this person's going to what pass out on drugs I don't understand and my answer will be no. Maybe this person's not going to remember this later. Whatever. Let's go to the scam, the, the favors and the sex. My answer will be no when that comes to that, when, when we cross that bridge, when we get to that bridge. My answer will be no. But right now, while they're doing the love part, while they're, while they're doing the rapport and the bonding and the connection, I should be there for that. I should be there for that because they'll remember that, you know, if you build a lot of rapport with someone with a bad intention behind it and the whole time they have their arms crossed and they're like, just tell me, just tell me what you want, then you're going to get to that question. They're going to say no. And you're going to be like, this was a bad interaction altogether, right? This person was not fun to try to connect with. They, they said no to my scam, and now I'm walking away, and it's, and it's over. I hate that guy. I hate that person. But if you try to build a rapport with bad intentions behind it, and the person is like, great, they're just laughing, and they're like, ah, woo! They're enjoying this rapport that you're giving them. They're enjoying the connection. They're, they're accepting the love and the camaraderie. They're like, woo! And then you come at them with, like, your scam at the end. And they're like, hey, respectfully, no. You know? Respectfully, no. You're going to walk away being like, I remember, though, that I liked that person. Like, I, I remember that we connected a lot. We bonded a lot. And you're going to think maybe later of, like, maybe that, person's, maybe that person's actually my friend. Like, maybe I want that person to be my friend, even though I'm a predator scam artist. I actually want that person to be my friend. So there's more opportunity! Yeah. This is something that, like, I really realized this morning of, like, I'm a very skeptical person. I don't look for love 
in interactions. And when I see love at all, when people are pushing love in my face, I just go, what drug are you on? What do you want? You know, and all this kind of stuff. And I, I never get th this swirling sharing of love and bonding ever because of that. And so I'm already smart enough, like, you know, this defensive idea of being, of living defensively comes from the fact that it's a smart move. But if I'm already aware, then I don't need to live in that skepticism. I, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of people hitting on me and trying to scam me. I'm aware of it. So now I can try to move over and live in the love and the bonding part with the awareness of you know what can go wrong but living in the connection so i'm kind of excited to work on that uh i have this new travis scott astro world joke of like oh my god i'm gonna okay um People are saying that Travis Scott jokes are too controversial. But the people at his concert weren't treading lightly. And there's there's a one-liner for you. I was, like, so scared that I was going to word that wrong. But that's going to do so well on stage. Like, that's not even a premise. That's going to do so fucking well today on stage. I'm Okay. We're almost done. Fuck. That's how much caffeine I'm on. Um, let's do another one. I, uh, whenever I like a guy, I, uh, spray perfume on his bed, on everything in his house, like, in his bathroom. I spray perfume everywhere. Often his perfume, because I usually don't carry my own around, so I, like, find extra perfumes you know, anywhere around, and I, like, spray them everywhere. So, if you're a guy, and a girl, like, a girl is there, and, like, there's a lot of scents in the rooms that she was in, you notice a lot of scents, it means she really likes you. If a girl leaves, and it's, like, neutral slash even smelly, um there's a little bit less, there's a little bit less, uh, care and consideration. Um, cause a girl, a girl comes with a naturally a lot of care and consideration. So, um, yeah. If I like a guy, like I'll like put like scented lotion on my hand and like rub it like everywhere that I was so that when he smells like the pillow and everything, he's like, Oh, she smells good. Like, but it's really just, like, I, I did all of that. Like, if I wear his t-shirt and then I take the t-shirt off, I, like, rub whatever scented thing I can find, like, on it so that he's like, oh, she smells good, you know. But if I don't, like, if some some fucking reason I don't like a guy, he's going to smell all those areas and be, like, neutral to bad, you know, neutral to bad. So, you know, check out and see what the, you know, see what things are smelling like uh, for girls. I, uh, I'm not religious. I feel like, um, if the best things in life are free, then why does God even want 10%? Fuck. 
If the best things in life are free, then why does even God want 10%? I don't, I don't even understand which one of those makes better sense. But, uh, yeah, I just went to the Joel Olstein church a couple days ago. Um, he's, like, known to be the most money-taking church guy, mega church guy ever. And there was offering boxes, like, all over the church, offering areas. So that uh, you just constantly are get ask, getting the question of, like, are you going to give money? Very interesting. Um... What? Oh. I feel like, uh... Jesus seems like an alcoholic at a pool party in the Bible. Like, Jesus is, you know, drinking all this wine. Um, his blood is made of wine. You know, people are all so... Could, oh, whoa, I can't believe he rose again. Like, you know, he, like, jumps in the pool and everyone's like, Whoa, I can't believe he rose again. Or, like, as, you know, the parents, like, shut down the party. Jesus is like, Father, they know not what they do. A pool party. Really reaching on this premise. But, like, that's why mosquitoes can walk on water is because they drank the blood of, Je of the real Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Thank you for being here. So... Um, yesterday I was, like, really solidifying this idea that, like, um, being valuable is what will make you rich. Being, like, kind of selfish about your art journey, your expression journey, and kind of getting into ignorance about how this is even benefiting anyone else will make you poor. Staying ignorant about the fact that, like, you're not even improving anyone's life with your art, with your expression of yourself. You're not even improving anyone's life. And you're ignorant of that. You're just like, ugh, 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 I'm doing my thing, ugh. That's going to make you poor. Gaining the knowledge of, like, how can I affect more people? How can I help as many people as I can with what I, with my skills? How can I benefit as many people as I can? How can I be valuable? Valuable. Valuable. Being valuable makes you valuable. Gets you valuables. Makes you rich. Because people are willing to exchange money for what you have to give. This is the ultimate argument against communism. Because, like, a lot of my friends are communists, and we argue, and they always win. They always win. But this is the ultimate one. That if you're a communi communism artist, your art doesn't have to have any value. Nobody has to like it. Because you don't need any exchange to survive. But if you're in a capitalist country, your art has to have value. It has to benefit other people. It has to be worthy. Because you need the exchange of value. So you're forced to make something that will benefit other people. 
Sure, when I tell this argument to my communist friends, they might have a counterpoint that I can't think of right now, but it's still a really good point of, like, think about being valuable. Forget about this ignorance of, like, you know, I'm just on my path. I'm just on my journey right now. Like, wake up and open your eyes to the audience that you have. Like, are they, are they feeling, do they like what you are doing? How can they like more what you're doing? How can they like it more? So, uh, I, uh, don't really, um, suck dick. I don't really do that. I just realize that it sucks to suck. It sucks to suck at sucking. When people say go to hell, they go, they say go suck a dick because it sucks. And... <clears throat> Uh, sorry, I, I, uh, I think that, uh, penises can smell bad, they can be covered in, I'm one of those people that, like, I, like, lick it once, and then I'm, like, picking at my tongue to get, like, the dust particles, and the, like, I'm, like, smelling it, and I'm, like, oh, what's that smell? It just grows mold on it so fast, I feel like, it just grows bacteria on it so fast. Um, and the moisture picks up dust particles, so, like, it's always covered in such, and you need to exfoliate it, because, like, it'll have dry skin that, like, rubs off onto everyone's mouth, um, and I felt like when I had COVID, I actually did lose my sense of smell, which would have been cool for, like, you know, what if you lost your smell and taste, then suddenly you could give, like, you could gr give great head, maybe. Um, I feel like that's how ass eaters, like, might feel. Dude, the same people that eat everyone's ass are the same people that were afraid of COVID. As though, if you're not afraid of all of that bacteria, how are you afraid of a virus? Read only that. But, uh, man, if you, if you are an ass eater, God, COVID must be a blessing. You're like, wow, I finally can't smell or taste this awful food that I'm eating, which is your ass. Woo! Really gets me going. Um... Yeah, this, like, relationship thing, I, I was, like, thinking about my exes in town, and, I don't know, a healthy, or just even a functional, I don't know, a relationship should have uh, both, what, sorry, a relationship between two people, both people should have equal value to the other. And, like, the only time that this doesn't make any sense is with, like, parasites or something, where, like, um, you just don't realize the harm that the other person is doing. So that's like, but in, in, in any other sense, like if there's no harm, like if we take harm out, the benefit, 
the benefit to each other has to be equal. Has to be equal in relationships. Because in a parasite thing, you don't even know or like whatever. The benefit has to be equal. Parasites ruin this. But like this is something from someone else. Like I'm not even coming up with this. This is like a big deal. Relationships, both sides have to be equal. And like think about with like mentee, mentor. The mentor, you're like, oh, is, you know, is the mentor benefiting at all? They are because they want a mentee. They want to mentor someone. Uh, There's very equal benefits in many relationships. Except for small parasites like ticks on you. But human to human. So let's... Human to human. They have to be equal. God, I fucking hate this. What's crazy about this is like in your relationships, um, you can really think about like, okay, am I benefiting? Am I am I am I only seeing my benefits? What is the other person's benefit? If if there's equal shit going on here, what is the other person's that's adding up to to my benefit? What is going on on their end that they're benefiting? And if I want to benefit more, they need to benefit more. So how can I make them benefit more so that I can benefit more? Really using that balance to, as a math equation, if X has to equal Y, then and I'm X, how can I make me bigger so that I can get so that I can get more out of them? For the, you know what I mean. But um, and then sometimes you uh, sometimes the other person is you know not is hiding their benefit that they're getting right which is a parasite situation of like with a parasite with a tick it's like i'm getting zero benefit fuck ticks always ruin it but if you're like okay if you're like i'm getting a benefit from this person and they're like yeah yeah and i'm not getting anything right um i'm not getting anything uh this is a consensual, yeah, yeah, consensual relationship. That's why, because a tick is not even a consensual relationship. You don't even know what's going on, so it's not consensual. That's what it is. So, okay, takes are gone. We're good. Um, someone who's hiding their benefits of like, hey, I'm not getting anything out of this, and you're getting, you know, some a bunch of benefits from them. You need to rethink about what is their benefit. What is it that's adding up to to the amount of of yours? Is it just they really want to feel like a good person? Like, you're their charity right now? Like, they really want this, and so that's their benefit? Or is it that they're having access to something? You're giving them access to something that they want access to secretly. You're, you know, giving them, bringing them into your circle, that they want to get into your circle for something. Like, whatever it is, there's a benefit. You're giving them an opportunity into something that you don't realize. You're unlocking a door that you don't know that you're unlocking and and they're hiding that benefit. So in a consensual relationship, both sides always have an equal value. Yeah, consensual. That's what I was like, let me fucking write that down, consensual. That's what I was missing with the with the t- parasites. Consensual. 
Okay. Because as, so- as soon as one side knows that they aren't benefiting as much as the other kind of thing, it becomes, like, a less consensual... Like, they have to... Both sides have to be... So, find out, like, if you want a relationship to be more consensual, like, you want someone's... A relationship to be stronger, how can you benefit them more? Maybe. In a healthy way, but... How can you bring more benefits so that they feel like, oh, this is more balanced now? Because maybe they feel an imbalance. Like, hey, I'm, I'm helping this person out with things way more than they're helping me. And so now I'm going to start, this is no longer balanced. The relationship starts to fall apart. So you need to see, how can I make this more balanced? Um, it's about to be over. Yeah, with the, like, you know, whatever. Um, just, like, I'll give you this, because this other one isn't, like, I'm not even... Warren Buffett. I think this is pretty cool. I really like it. Like, Warren Buffett, he says to, um, write down your 25 goals right now that you have. 25 goals. Took me a long time, actually. 25 is a lot. Took me a long time. But you have 25 goals. And write them down. The goals right now that you want to go for. 25 of them. And then once you're done, circle the top five. The five that are most going to improve your fucking life. The five that are most urgent. The five that are most um, big and just freaking crazy. The top five. Label all the other 20, label all the other 20 with the label, avoid at all cost. (laughs) This is coming straight out of Warren Buffett. Avoid the other 20 at all costs. That's your laundry, that's your fucking... What were mine? Actually, mine are like literally... Oh, this is not my 25, this is my 10. But what are my other ones, like, um, kind of a, a no sugar, you know? Mm, what? God damn it, my other ones, like, uh, my, like, family, <laughs> family relationships. Like, you know, they're, they're my goals, they're my t- 25 goals, but these were not good, like, whatever. Um, my 25 is five feet away, but, um. These seem like great, important goals. If you want to get to them, so if you want to get to those other 20 goals, remember, you you circled your top five. You are going to work only on these top five. You're going to look and just fucking your whole goddamn life is those top five until you goddamn get to them. And sometimes like it's like a consistency goal so just like until you've formed that habit or until whatever but like a lot of the goals are going to have a numerical ending right until I want to get to this number I want to get to this thing right so you know get to the thing get to the whatever get to yourself on track with whatever it is hit the goal and then you can go to the next then you can make a next kind of top five you can bring another one in But this is how you 
you know, it seems freaky, but this is how you achieve. This is how you don't, oh, I I have this crazy goal, but instead I'm going to go do laundry for an hour. You know, I have this crazy goal, but first I have to clean my house. I have this crazy goal, but first I have to call my mom. You know, these are all healthy things. This crazy goal, but I want to take a walk first in the sunlight. You know, I want to go, um, I have this crazy goal, but I need a social life. I should go like hang out with my friends for a little while. Like that's not irresponsible to like go for lunch with your friends and stuff. Like try to catch up. There's like you know, so many people that, like, I could be like, oh, I need to catch up with them, though, right, so just goal, these are goals that you would write down, like, I need to catch up with these people, I need to do this, you write all of those, but your top five is the only thing you are going to do until you hit them, sometimes that takes, like, Uh, making it a kind of smaller goal because if it's like oh a million dollars in the next year or something like that now that's going to be a year of of that being your only thing and that can that can be but like you know maybe you can break it down to like a monthly thing and try to hit the month or whatever you know more something like that or break it down to like getting on track and then so so that you can circle into other goals but yeah making sure that what you're doing is always just the top five. Yeah. And like, kind of when you're resting, like, you know, like I'll rest. And when I rest, one of my goals is to kind of like read 10 pages of a book every day kind of thing. And so when I'm resting, I do the 10 pages because like, I'm not going to, I'm now tired and I've done everything to work on my five big goals. So now I'm actually going to rest and I'm going to read 10 pages of a book because like that's that's convenient, right? You know, you can mix other kind of necessities inconveniently, but don't go spend two hours just doing laundry and like kind of not doing anything else in an inconvenient way. That's like taking you away from your top five goals. Always stay on the fucking top five. Stay on the top five. Yeah, I want to like almost show you what my... Where are they? Okay, I can't find it. It's fine. But yeah, thank you guys again. Have a nice day. I'll see you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow.